episode 222 of the All the Books show, otherwise known as Electric Boogaloo. Oh, it's 222 because we're episode 222. Uh-huh. Electric Boogaloo 222. Yeah. Boogaloo. No, wait. What is that a sequel to? What is Electric Boogaloo? I don't know. You don't Before know. my time. Yeah. You were, you were a young 21-year-old when whenever that happened. It always comes up. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, I don't actually know. I think what, it just rhymes perfectly. The movie Maybe there is no Electric Boogaloo. Did you look it up? I did. Breakin'. Breaking two electric boogaloo. Disappointing. Yeah. Real, real. Like, I mean, so I guess it's just like a dance movie. That, but that is a letdown of like I know the ages. I know. All right. Well, all the book show two twenty two. Yes. yes. We talk book news, author news, and literary news. Yes. I'm Eric Michaels. I'm Nick Gunning. Hey man. Today we don't have an author visit, but if you happen to miss last episode, go back soundcloud.com slash all the books or anywhere you get your podcasts and take a listen to a special interview we did with Mel Gilden. We had a great time talking to Mel, so thanks again. Today, though, uh, are you are you able to control your excitement for our topic today? What are we talking about again? Dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> you probably Sorry. think that was a staged reaction, but that's actually how Eric responds <laughs> to dinosaurs. So I know. Uh, we've got a whole month of programming here at the David A. Howe Public Library surrounded mm. uh, on dinosaurs. Yeah. Because it's Dinovember, mm-hmm. and so we did a special Why for Adults book club yes. that we're going to do a little bit later, uh, talking about Tess Sharp's The Evolution of Claire. Mm-hmm. Jurassic World book, mm-hmm. uh, and then we're just going to talk about some of our other favorite dinosaur fiction. Are you going to talk nonfiction dinosaur books as well? Or are you sticking to fiction? I guess we'll see. You no, know, this is going to be a three-hour episode. <laughs> I can feel it right now. All right, uh, but yeah, yeah, that's doing it. You want to yeah. get into our book November is part of the long-standing tradition of celebrating the times when the pilgrims came off the Mayflower, and mm, there was a very harsh winter, no. and the dinosaurs no. ate them. I, oh, and that's what happened to Roanoke, Virginia. Wow. Yeah. I actually had heard that. I actually had heard that. <laughs> Let's bookmark it up. Why don't you go first? Uh, because I'm never ready. Oh. Okay. okay. Uh, what did I read? What Tell did me. I finish? I read. I f- okay. I talked about this last time, but I finished the series, uh, the Clone Wars, uh, Star Wars comic. Series? Oh, the comic, okay. Oh, you mm-hmm. were so excited that I finished the show so mm-hmm. I could watch Rebels. Not yet. I'm on season four okay. of the show now. I've picked up the pace. So I guess this used to be called like Star Wars Republic. And then when the movies got to the Clone War era, the comics switched. It became all about the Clone Wars. I don't think I've read any of these. Uh, no, you haven't. Uh, they're by John Ostrander. Okay. I have been on Wikipedia nonstop. <laughs> uh, I've used Wikipedia quite a lot for uh, just getting the chronology of the Star Wars expanded yes. universe. Going through this so it's has just been like, who is this character? And it's nice because um, on Star Wars, on on the Wikipedia, mm-hmm. they put what is still canon yeah. and then what is legend. That is that is handy. So like for our whole episode on legends, you can go back to episode mm. seventeen of the All the Book Show, Star Wars: The Expanded Universe Strikes Back. So like this series is where like Quinlan Voss became really popular and uh also where uh this is where ala sakura became very popular and right. apparently george lucas just thought she was cool and so put her in the movies oh okay uh, that's that, cool luckily he put her in those movies to die right like everybody yeah uh, but anyway so it just leads up to the end of the clone wars and then revenge of the sith happens and so okay. then they tell like stories of uh the jedi on the run and everything it was good it's it's good stuff it's a uh, Again, it's John Ostrander who mm-hmm. just writes super solid character pieces, especially Star Wars stuff. I don't think I've read a Star Wars book by him that I didn't like. Hmm. So hey, Breakin has a threequel called Rappin, but only Ice T appears in Breakin, Breakin Two, Electric Boogaloo, and Rappin. Is Rappin like a twenty-year-old? Like it came thirty years later? I think they start Breakin and then they end 
uh, rapping. Okay. So, just in case you're curious. Right. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. Okay. I finished Jurassic World, The Evolution of Claire. Oh, yes. I read that uh, a few weeks back. Do we I just talk about it, it now? Save it, okay. for the, save it for the thing. Uh, and right now I'm reading Star Wars, The Old Republic, Revan, by Drew Carperson, mm-hmm. I think. So he wrote the Darth Bane trilogy. Yeah. Which I know you read. I re- only read the first of that, but I read oh. both Deceived and Revan. So I read right. quite a few of his Star he, Wars books. He wrote something else. I can't remember what it was. But anyways, Revan's cool because basically a sequel to the first Knights of the Old Republic game, yeah. which I devoured. Okay. I tell you what, the twist... About I was a little lost in reading that. The yeah. twist that happens in that game with your main character yeah. blew my mind. Wow. 17-year-old Eric had... It was like the ground opened up. What, what kind up of game is that? Uh, RPG. Oh, okay. Uh, it was uh, so kind of like your uh, Dragon Age. Can you still play it on anything? Yeah, I think you can get it on Xbox. Oh, interesting. Uh, digitally, I bet okay. you can get it on well, your... Maybe player. I will. So Revan is like a sequel to that. Okay. If you do the light side ending, because you could go light or dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because just like his Darth Bane series... Whenever we're dealing with uh, Revan, I'm like, okay, this is fine. And then when we're dealing with the Sith, I'm like, all right. Mm-hmm. And then we go back to Revan. I'm like, darn it. And what's kind of annoying in this book is Revan is like, we have to put together the old team. And the guy starts listing off the old team. He's like, no, they can't come. They can't come. They can't. And finally, I'm like, all right, no one on the old team is coming. So hmm. <laughs> anyway. So you're enjoying the book so far? Yeah. All right. Star Wars kind of becomes my cozy mystery. Oh, okay. I just, I just pick up a book. And I'm like... I can just read it. Nice. I like the description of force powers, weirdly. Okay. In it. I, I, Star Wars books are one of the few fantasy genre books where I actually will read the action and kind of care. Hmm. I also have my copy of Michael Crichton's, not Michael Crichton's, Daniel Wilson's Michael Crichton's, yes. The Andromeda Evolution. Right. Yep. So I'm going to read that. Okay. And then that's it. Okay. Pretty exciting. Yeah, um, in some ways, yeah, it was. Oh, good. In other ways, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, I finished a couple of graphic novels that I'll tell you about. I finished Peter Parker, uh, The Amazing Spider-Man, Volume 3, Amazing Fantasy. Pretty good. I'm uh, I'm loving this series. This is by Chip Zdarsky, who uh, wrote some of the Jugheads and other things. <laughs> really good series, so I'm, I'm liking that quite a lot. Does I, Spider-Man really like cheeseburgers in this now? No, I don't think so. Okay. I read Super Sons, Volume 2, The Foxglove Mission. So this is by Ridley Pearson, who wrote the first Super Sons a while back. Uh, we got to talk to Ridley at the uh, ALA conference. We sure did. Last year about the first volume of this, and he'd mentioned that there were a couple more in the works. Uh, I didn't like this one as much as I liked the first volume. Mm. This is this is following Superman's son and Batman's son and a third uh, female character, and you're not really sure where, her, where she connects to the DC Universe, so that's sort of a mystery so mm. far. I like that it's very separate from everything else. It really feels like its own thing. But I felt like this one was so far away from like DC Comics that it was really hard to connect it at all. Mm. And it just sort of felt like some sort of odd sci-fi graphic. So it didn't really grab me as much as the others. Um, I was going to say, I was if you had liked this, it's I'm glad you liked the first one as much as you did because I don't think either one of these books have had great reviews. No, and I think he t- he told me when we were chatting about this that this there was a trilogy, so oh. there's supposed to be at least one more. Okay. So I guess we'll see yeah. where that In goes. In our collection. I don't, yeah, I don't think there's been a lot of play on these. Yeah. I don't think it's worth Yeah, all the other like DC kid things that have come out have seemed to have more everything not behind Swamp them. Kid. No, not Swamp <laughs> Kid. But that doesn't make any sense because he's not even sw- a young Swamp Thing. Right. Anyway. Yeah, it's bizarre. So I did read that, and let's see. Oh, you know what? I finally finished uh, Steve Englehart's Green Lantern run. So mm. um, I picked this up, and it's weird because part of it's 
part of it's collected on the DC Universe app. Some of it is collected in trades, and then some of it is just hanging out there, blowing in the wind. So hmm. I actually read these last several in single issue form, uh, and it was fun. I mean, it's a it's a really strong run. He's got a good handle on the character. Uh, the end suffers a little bit because of all the uh, different connections and things, but uh, it, it's still it's still really solid. I like his take on the character. Is this from I, the eighties? Enjoy his writing. Yeah, it is. Okay. Uh, if you haven't listened to our Steve Englehart interview. Pop back into the archives and take a listen to that pop, because pop. we got a lot of a uh, lot of interesting stuff from him in that interview. The cover, the Green Lantern Corps two sixteen says, "Who watches the Watchmen?" So mm. this was contemporary okay. with the Watchmen series. I also read one that I've been actually anticipating for quite a while, and that's Superman Year One by Frank Miller. Yeah, I'm not sure why you've been anticipating. I it. know. I guess I, I guess you've been anticipating it's coming, but yeah. maybe not. So I was hoping. Excited. I was hoping it would land just right for me. Mm-mm. I don't want to talk about it now because I want you to read it, and then I want to, I want us to discuss it because oh. I have some feelings, and I think. I th- and I, I've been wrong many times, mm. but I think we might agree on this. Maybe I'll love it. You might. You might. I don't know. All right. Uh, how did I go again? I liked Dark Knight Returns. Dark Knight Strikes Again was weird, but okay. Yeah. I didn't care for Last Crusade. And I strangely found uh, Master Race to be more entertaining than I expected. Yeah. Finally, for graphics, I read... Uh, Trinity Volume 1, Better Together. This is a Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman book, which weirdly, even though it's a Volume 1 and is about Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, is a continuation from a Poison Ivy miniseries called Poison Ivy Cycle of Life and Death. So I don't know why you would do that. It's the cycle. But moving into my currently reading, I'm cycle currently reading Poison Ivy Cycle of <laughs> Life and Death, trying to figure out what the heck I just read. Mm-hmm. I'm also reading Little Women by Louisa May Alcott for our Christmas Classics Book Club. And I got to tell you, there's a lot more in this book uh, than you want. Than the movies would have than you believe. You want. Yeah. I really firmly feel that people's affection for Little Women has everything to do with movies and other mm-hmm. adaptations because the book yeah. is a bit of a slog. I mean, the, char- the characters are rich, you know, like uh-huh. there's interesting things happening, but it's one of those things where like, okay, Beth is sick. We've, we've been reading about Beth being sick for like 100 pages now. Let's, <sighs> let's turn the corner on Beth's illness. You Goodness. know what I mean? It's yeah. just, it's... It's rough. So in the book, I don't think send she your dies letters until to the David A. Howe Public I don't think Library. She dies until like the very end of the she book. She dies? No, I don't think she does die. I actually. was kidding. Okay, never mind. Sorry. And then I finally, guess I thought we knew what we were talking about. I'm reading Cross Currents by Paul S. Kemp. This hey. is a sci-fi. Well, no, it's a time travel Star Wars books, which is kooky, but I'm kind of digging it so far. The the Sith on the cover of this. I'm pretty sure that's the same species that uh, General Grievous is. I think it is, yeah. So I looked that up because I, I was like, I still don't really know what Grievous is. Yeah. He's that guy. What is it? I can't remember the name okay. of it. It's on Wikipedia. Okay. Uh, that's it for reading, but I did want to mention also, if you're not familiar, we have a, a nice selection of video games here in the collection. We have Xbox, Switch, and PS4, plus some older systems as well. Uh, on PS4 so in you particular. We... Yeah. Those games are still surprisingly popular here. Really? Oh yeah. Interesting. And like the Just Dances and like the all the ones you wouldn't think are really popular. I can't still. believe they're still putting out Just Dance for Wii. Just Dance for the Wii is still their best selling version of Just Dance. Really? Yes. That's crazy. All right. Um, anyway, but one of the ones we have, we have the whole Uncharted collection, uh, Nathan Drake Uncharted. So there's four of those. I've finished all of those, thanks to Eric buying them for our collection here. And I just finished Uncharted Lost Legacy, which is sort of a spin-off sequel focusing on some side characters. It was pretty good. Uh, the gameplay is pretty similar to Uncharted 4. I know I got some criticism for that, and I see that, but... 
there's enough new interesting stuff in there to make it like a worthy addition to the franchise. Now I guess I got to get a PlayStation Vita so I can play the other two Uncharted games. Sorry, man. You were just yeah. at a retro game con. I didn't and find you were one. too busy playing uh, Game Boy Taz. I know. It was and pretty Star fun. Trek Generations. I know. That was not a good game. But <laughs> anyway. Well, I'm glad Taz has That's paid it for me. That's it for me, bookmark wise. Okay. All right. Shall we move into some book news with the New York Times bestseller list? Unless you have any book news. That's not New York Times bestsellers list. I don't think at the moment. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, me either. Uh, oh, wait. We're just getting something in. No, I'm kidding. No, we're saving up our page-to-screen adaptations. That's true. Coming in. We've yeah. been getting a lot of announcements about page-to-screen in 2020, but we're going to mm-hmm. save that a little bit later in the year so we can do a whole spotlight A lot of awards that, coming up. Absolutely. So that will be a thing. Do you but see any movies? Uh, no, I don't think so. I haven't seen anything in a while. Yeah. I think the last movie I saw was... Oh, it was Doctor Sleep with You. Yeah. And then uh, Jojo Rabbit. Like all these movies that come out that I just haven't gone to see. Yep, I know. I just have no time. I'm behind. Gotta go see Frozen 2, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Gotta go see that Ferrari movie. Do you? Will this big corporation defeat this big corporation? <laughs> yeah. I guess I've been watching Italian soccer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, I'm having a hard time understanding what soccer I should be watching. So None? I guess Italian soccer might be on the way. Don't watch soccer, I guess. Oh, you know what? I didn't say this. I did read the National Geographic for Kids book everything soccer i didn't see that on your goodreads that's true i should put it on my goodreads you should. i have to tell you i learned a few things uh the field in soccer is called a pitch oh fever pitch no uh, you could do that though right? that'd be very good yes is it fever pitch about soccer no it's about baseball it's about the red Sox. no 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 the movie is about yeah. baseball but the book by hornsby is about soccer cool <laughs> nice okay. i didn't know that go back to episode 197 for my pal chris casali dropping oh, yeah. a lot of soccer knowledge on i know i'm gonna have to now that you're into soccer you need to go back to go and back and read learn yeah. from chris well all i did Hi, chris. was uh the everything soccer was like this is how many players you can have on the field I'm like sweet so that now sounds, i know 11 that sounds boring no it's good now good. i know how to play the sport great i mean i can't play the sport no you can't did you know that the men's North American teams have never placed better than third in the World Cup. I had heard that. But the women's North American team has never placed lower than third. Yeah, that's where it's at. So, yep. And guess what's not on my ESPN Plus? What? The women's soccer. Oh, come on. The no. best soccer we have. And that's too bad. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, let's do the New York Times bestsellers list. All right. So, uh, let's start out by saying what's at number 13 new this week. Tell me. Michael Crichton's The Andromeda Evolution. Oh, it's on? It it debuted at number 13. Number 13, okay. Uh, A team of experts is assembled to stop an evolving and potentially apocalyptic microbe. Boy, that sure sounds familiar. Yeah. You know, (laughs) so it it debuts at number three. I think that says all you need to know. Number 13. Yeah. Yeah. That the, the audience for, like, the Michael Crichton universe is slim. That it debuts at 13? Yeah. Out of all books? Yeah. I don't think that's bad. You don't think so? No. Tom Clancy's books are constantly yes, breaking but, top 10. But that's a, that's a known thing. The Tom Clancy books never stopped. That's the thing. Okay. And it's a series. I mean, Jack Ryan and, and John Clark and all those characters have continued mm-hmm. ever since Tom Clancy was writing them. There was a much okay. more smooth transition, whereas Crichton's publication, I mean, at this point, it's like every five years they unearth something new. Yeah. So, I think the fact that it is not like a paperback original like a William Johnstone is is something. And mm. I think number 13 is a decent debut. All right. Do you think it just needs to pick up steam for people to get used to it again? I think, well, I don't know why you pick Andromeda Strain. The, yes. I, I, I just think that's a really, really yeah. weird book to pick. Do you think we're we're now at the dawn of a all-new Crichton-verse? Possibly. Do you think 
all the Crichton books takes place in the same universe. Ooh, like like Stephen King? Are they all set yeah. in Derry, Maine? I don't think. I think Sphere would break a lot of the. Maybe not. I mean, only at the end of that movie. No, maybe it's fine. I just think that that Andromeda Strain is is it's an interesting book, but I don't think it's a particularly good Crichton book. It's very very sciency. Like I yeah, know they I all like are, it. but that one is very. I don't know. I just don't think that that's the one that people are clamoring for a sequel to. I think no. it's a weird start. No. People obviously want Eaters of the Dead 2. I was going to say Prey 2. Yeah, Eaters yeah. of the Dead 2. That's a good one. All right. Go back for seconds. Anyway. Huh? That was one of the <laughs> things I came up with. Yeah. All right. Number 10 on the New York Times bestsellers list, The Giver of Stars by Jojo Moyes. In Depression-era Kentucky, five women refuse to be cowed by men or convention as oh. they deliver books. Also, they will not be cowed by actual cows. Really? Yes. Huh. No matter how much those cows try. I think that's where that comes from. To be cowed? Yeah. To be harassed by cows? I think it's cow-related. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just trying to deliver books to a new school, and the cows are like, cows hey, what's up? Me. Look yeah. at that guy with his books. Yeah, you figured it out. <laughs> Leave me alone, you cool cows. <laughs> <laughs> That's stupid. Okay. Uh, number nine is The Starless Sea. Hard to navigate a starless sea. Yes, it is. Uh, by Aaron Morgenstern. Mm-hmm. Zachary Ezra Rollins fights to save a... Oh, boy. You did this for me last time. Labyrinthian mm. underground respiratory of I stories. I think you got it. You just needed to take that pause. And <laughs> I sure out. did. Uh, yeah, we talked about that. Um, I was just reading this thing about how people were complaining. Uh, what's his name? The guy who wrote Les Mis. Victor Hugo? Yes, Victor Hugo. Either it was Les Mis or Hunchback, how he just describes like, the Paris sewer system for like, oh, Les Mis chapters. Is, Les Mis is off the charts. It's like <laughs> you're cooking along with the story, and he's like, here's 300 pages about Waterloo. You know, it's like, okay. <laughs> right. All right, Victor. Uh, number eight is The Institute by Stephen King. Children with special talents are abducted and sequestered in an institution where sinister staff seeks to extract their gifts through harsh methods. And by the end, no one will be happy with this book. That's the truth. Boy, oh boy. Number seven, Olive's... Oh, wait. I, I combined the title and the name of the author. Cool. Olive Again by Elizabeth Strout. Published by Random House. Thank you. Random sequel House. to the Pulitzer Prize winning book Oliver Kittredge, Olive Olive Kittredge, Olive Kittredge, yep. uh, Oliver Kittredge standing inside of a. Da, da, da. I don't know that song. Are you trying to sing Eleanor Rigby? Yeah, I don't think you want the Beatle copyright people coming out. <laughs> New relationships, including a second marriage, are encountered in a seaside town in Maine. Gosh, Dairy, Maine. I have to tell you, yeah, like I lived in North. East Massachusetts. How we was were it? right on the line of New Hampshire. Okay. Maine is not that far, mm-hmm. nor is it that interesting. Really? Yes. Hot take. Many of us who had to travel up to Maine were quick to turn around. Really? We, we ne- there were very few times where I was in Maine That's where apparently. I would say, hmm, I'd like to live here. Let's stick around in Maine. I never did. Mm. Boy, we found, uh, me and my sister found out a friend of ours was from Maine. We... We taught him some lessons. The Murder, She Wrote books by uh, Donald Bain uh-huh. and now John Land set in Maine. Oh, Cabot Cove, Maine. Maine. Okay. Yep. We used to do, draw little like uh, comic strips about life in Maine, yep. like people uh, hanging out by a bale of hay. Then that hay catches on fire and mm-hmm. the people are crying because it was the only thing they had to watch. Wow. <laughs> Their bale of wow. hay. Wow. Describing amateur cartoon <laughs> strips on an audio medium. Yeah. is bold. Okay, you know what? I think that landed. Just imagine that in stick figures and uh, a brother and sister laughing their heads off. I'm not going to. Meanwhile, their friend is crying like, it's not that bad. Mm. Lobster's great for pancakes. Mm. Lobster cakes. Yeah. Uh, number six, The Dutch House by Ann Patchett. 
a sibling relationship is impacted. <gasps> I had a sibling relationship. Right. Oh my gosh. You wrote comic strips together. When the family goes from poverty to wealth and back again over the course of many decades. At least they have decades to yeah. be rich. Yeah, you're right. They have that. Uh, number four. Nope, number five. The Night Fire by Michael Connolly. Harry Bosch and Renee Ballard return to take up a case that held the attention of Bosch's mentor. And then Harry Bosch finds out he's in Congo too. <gasps> Gorilla Boogaloo. Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, I just like I just feel like to make those Crichton related jokes, it's a limited audience. Yeah. And the same thing mm-hmm. with like Michael Crichton verse is yeah. now all right. Uh, number four is Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens. I think they're singing CCR. It just seems like the thing they would that do. That makes sense, yeah. yeah. Born on the Bayou. Yeah, that, yeah. Is that, is that CCR? I see up ahead, Now I'm not sure rising. if Born on the Bayou is No, that CCR. was, yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, in a quiet town of North Carolina coast in 1969, a young woman who survived alone in the marsh becomes a murder suspect while also signing the band Credence Clearwater Revival. Can I tell you, I know I've talked about this book a lot, but can I tell you the murder plot in this? Were I in the editor's seat, I would have been like, snip, because it is not necessary or relevant. You know, this is the second conversation you and I have had where you become like this this editor. You you described the, you were talking about DC being an editor. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know. Just maybe, maybe that's your calling. You want me to become an editor? To be the editor-in-chief. Of DC Comics? Or uh, Putnam? Putnam. (laughs) Sure. All right. All right. Sorry, Delia Owens. My wife's an editor, right? So I think for the two of us both to be editors, right? I just don't think it would. But work. you would be you'd be the editor who's like making sure continuity and mm-hmm. all that. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't you, think what about has your wife read this? Uh, yeah, she's re- actually reading it right now. Does she agree? Uh, she hasn't got to the to total end of it, so we haven't discussed it. I can tell you that she's not super impressed with it, mm. which was my experience too. All right, so. Uh, sorry, Kendra. Born on the bayou. Uh, number three is Lee Child's Blue Moon. Jack Reacher gets caught up in a turf war between Ukrainians and Albion gangs when he feel- steals their plutonium to power his time, compa- was time there flux a quid capacitor. Pro quo? I really fell apart there. I couldn't yeah, remember. Yeah. It's just the flux capacitor. Flux capacitor. It's not a time flux capacitor. No. I, don't I mean, know. I think that's implied. Yeah. You don't have sorry. to say it. It's for his, it's for Jack Reacher's DeLorean. He only has two things: yeah. his toothbrush and his DeLorean. Yep, <laughs> that's it. Uh, number two, The Guardian, by John Grisham. Colin Dad. Post. Colin Dad Post. Dad, Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Dad. I got you the new John Grisham. Who are you again? Every kid. All right. Yeah, you look just like your mother. Aw. <laughs> Uh, Cullen Post, a lawyer and Episcopal minister, antagonizes some ruthless killers when he takes on a wrongful conviction case. And to solve it, he must travel back into the 50s and get his parents back together Wow! after his mom gets the hots for him. Yeah. How is his plan <laughs> to make out with his mom? Why is that the plan in Back to the Future? I don't know. That's why Disney didn't want it. Did you know that? Disney yeah. was like, uh-uh. <laughs> That's that's funny, yeah. yeah. They were too busy making Peter Pan. Yike. Oh, drum roll, please. Okay. Nick is going to be so happy. He loves these books. He can't get enough of them. Twisted 26 by Janet Ivanovich. No. The 26th book in the Stephanie Plum series. I have heard good things about the Stephanie Plum. The only experience I have are like some of the side books. I read one of the Christmas ones. I read one of the ones that's like magic. It's like a magic Christmas book, and it was terrible. 
I hated it. The 26th book in the Stephanie Plum series, a New Jersey gangster's associates go after a bounty hunter's widowed grandmother. Whoa. They're going to have to wake up pretty true? early in the morning to get old granny. <laughs> is, that, is that because old people wake up early? They do. They, I, yeah. they really do. Well, they got to get to uh, Old Country Buffet yeah. as it's opening. <laughs> I don't think that's true. Yeah. I don't know why they get up so early. They don't sleep as much. I guess I guess we can't assume that all seniors get up super early, mm-hmm. but isn't it just you don't have to sleep as much when you're older. You're using less is that energy. True? Is that true? I guess it depends on I how you had to sleep more. I but you nap. We need a science consult. Listen, we I need... don't know. All right. Well let's I move let's move into our segment. I'm not looking that? forward to turning old, but I guess I am looking forward to being able to sleep unless uh-huh. I can't sleep even more. I got news for you. You turned old a few years ago. Oh. Yeah. Oh wait. I can Do you see mean like thirty? Yeah. Boo. Oh, sorry. All right. Now we're going to be talking about Eric's favorite fish, the dinosaur. Dinosaurs are <sighs> technically uh, in the fish family. Did you know that? Dinosaurs are not in the fish family. Thank they you. Are. Yes, they are. They're dinosaurs insectoid. are not fish. Yes, They're they not are. Insectoid. They're insectoid fish, and Eric doesn't know anything about them. I, insectoid so. fish? No, yeah. not really. Like <laughs> shrimp? <laughs> anyway, as I mentioned at the top of the show, it's Dinovember here at the David A. Howe Public Library. So we're going to be talking about some of our favorite dinosaur books. But before we get into that, uh-huh. we're going to get into a book that Eric hated and that I was I sure did. okay with. But our, our pick for this month for our YA for Adults Book Club was Teth Sharp's The Evolution of Claire, which is follows the character of Claire Dennings. Deering? Deering. Deering. Yeah, who's Denning? Cat Dennings? Cat Dennings. Cat Dennings is not in it. <laughs> no. This book would have been made better yeah. with the addition of Cat yeah. Dennings or a Cat Dennings-like yeah. character. But no. no. Claire Deering, as played by Bryce Dallas Howard in the film Jurassic World and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. But this book is set in between Jurassic Park 3 and Jurassic World as Claire accepts an internship into the Jurassic World world. Eric? Yes. Take it away. About this book? Yeah, just sort of set First it up off, for I hate the cover. It's not a great cover. It's it's a terrible cover. Yeah. So you've got the Jurassic World font, then you've got the Evolution of, which is a separate font, and then Claire is in this cursive font. Yeah. Uh, I hate it. I hate that. Okay. And so then you have Claire kind of being faded out, and you've got like the DNA sequences around her face. No, okay. You do. Yeah. And then at the bottom, there's a raptor in Claire and uh, one of the characters from the book reacting. Also, the Jurassic Park logo is slightly faded on the top left. It is too busy. It is all over the place. The raptor shows up for the last 10 pages of this book. Anyway, that's how I feel about the cover of this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and about the insides, listen, I know you're thinking that this book offended me as a Jurassic Park fan. I was thinking that, yeah. Not true. Okay. Uh, the biggest problems I had with this book were the YA elements. I thought okay. this had all the elements of a YA book that I tend to not like, just cranked up to 11. I hated the dialogue. Okay. I hated, like, a lot of the characters were just so, like, there's a Draco Malfoy in this book. <laughs> there's the guy who can never do or say anything wrong, love interest. There, you know, there's the super cool best friend. And, you got on my case about this. <laughs> or not on my case, but you don't think it's a serious. This book is set in 2005. Yes. It is not. There are things, like, there's consumer drones being used by people to, like, upload the specs of the park online. I'm like, I don't, that's not a thing in 2005. They talk about live streaming kittens online. I'm like, where? I think YouTube just launched. And they're using phrases. I just, it just doesn't seem like it's 2005. Okay. So... I don't know. But yes, the dialogue killed me. If you're going into this hoping for like Jurassic Park thrills and chills, it's not going to happen. You're going to find a baby 
uh, Triceratops, a baby Brachiosaurus, and then the Raptor at the last ten pages because you have to do something like that in one of these books. Okay, so you're. I mean, there's nothing you liked about it then. Basically, I did not. I guess even like as a prequel to like Jurassic World and maybe world building and like, oh, is this is this the new expanded universe of Jurassic Park? I felt like it just didn't add anything okay. other than we found out that at one point Claire had a big heart and then she, she made herself cold yeah. for the movie. Okay. So I there wasn't enough of the like, uh, every now and then Tess Sharp would write somebody saying or mentioning Isla Sorna from The Lost World. It was like, well, yes, you know of Isla Sorna. Congratulations. You've you've mentioned it and now you know, you know it seems deeper. You know what? Speaking of Jurassic Park lore, though, mm-hmm. the, the one of the one of the like I don't know teenagers, I guess they're, I guess they're college age, mm-hmm. they're like nineteen twenty. One of the characters' name was Eric, and I thought, oh, I bet that's the kid no, from Jurassic not, Park though. three. Yeah. But it isn't. No. And like age wise, that also there's work a kid, out. there's a there's a guy working at the park named Tim. Yeah, it's not Tim Murphy. Right. I thought that was I thought that was a big mistake yeah. to use like Jurassic Park names. Yeah. And not have them connect yeah. to the other characters. That just seems like a no-brainer. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know why you do that. I don't know. I guess I was more kind to this book overall. Mm-hmm. I agree with you that it was very much like cookie-cutter YA in the in the character archetypes, in the, in the journey of the character. I suppose, I don't think, see, I don't read as much YA as you. I mean, like, you're, you're on top of it, like. And for your job and all that, so Thanks. like it's it's something that like you're much more immersed in. So whenever I pop into mm-hmm. it, I guess I'm just more kind of like, yeah, this is YA. You Listen, know? I just don't have strong feelings. About we, it. you and I were talking about Claudia Gray's Lost Stars, yeah. mm-hmm. the Star Wars book, off mic, off mic, um, and Lost Stars is very YA. Mm-hmm. It's very much like a love relationship story with yeah. teenagers yeah. in that book, and it it's. It's clicking all the way buttons in a Star Wars story, but it's done in such a. It, it's it's not as annoying. The story okay. is better. I just don't think there's much of a story here. I don't. The interns just seem to have run of the park in it's this true. thing. It's it's so bizarre. I was I guess I was disappointed. I mean, just stick with your comparison about if we're talking about Claudia Gray. I recently read Leia, Princess of Alderaan, which is another Claudia mm-hmm. Gray YA, and it's. In a lot of ways, you can make comparisons between these two books because Mm -hmm. uh, the Leia book is kind of set between the two movies. You have this whole like (laughs) lore to be working in um, and you're focusing on this character and and you're getting all these like you got the love interest, you got the friend, blah, blah, blah. But I agree with you that I think Claudia Gray's take on that, even though you can see the YA tropes, Mm -hmm. it's sort of like you're like, oh, here we go. Here it is. You know, it's not it's not like, oh, brother. And it was a little bit of an oh, brother situation here. Yeah. I mean, come on. I've read YA where like you can tell it's written for young adult like Salt to the Sea or Claudia Gray's other books, um, the A Thousand Pieces of You and all this. And like there's very easy ways to do it so that it's not, you know, super annoying. I just found all the characters in this very annoying. Not just the characters we weren't supposed to like. I can't remember. Is this written in first person? Is Claire like, I have to go and find this thing? Yes. It is? Okay. So I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that super worked. I wasn't sure. I'd be interested to know, like, is, is Tess Sharp a Jurassic Park fan? Like, has she read the other books? Was there any attempt to sort of get the vibe that's in there because I didn't really feel that it jived too well with the new movies or like the the books or anything. It just kind of felt like mm-hmm. its own little thing. And I guess it's just not, I I don't know. It just, 
I don't know who it makes happy. Is it has pretty decent reviews on Goodreads, yeah. which is confusing to me. But like, so is this a book for people who just want YA and YA romance? Is this a book for people who like Jurassic Park and want more of that? Because I don't know. Also, I don't know if it was meant to have like a sequel or anything like that. Because Owen, Chris Pratt's character is not in this at no. all, and it, they have a history. So it yeah. just kind of seems like that would have been it. What I think on a way the, to go. Uh, but I think on Goodreads it says like Jurassic World One. Oh, does it? But I don't think anything... Or Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom Book 1. Oh, I don't think it? anything's okay. coming from that. No, I don't think so, so either. But I feel like there is... I mean, maybe you have the issue with it being a YA Jurassic Park book. I think they definitely misjudged the young adult audience's interest in Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. It's yeah, not that's really, fair. You know. But then again, you know, most... Uh, I feel like most people reading the young adult Star Wars books are adults. Yeah. Anyways, I don't know anything about anything, but here we are. Uh, yeah, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom number one, the evolution yeah. of Claire. So you think the other one will be like the uh, the, ri- the rise of Owen? I don't know. I, I mean, I haven't seen it. would make sense that the next one would focus on them, but I, you're right. I don't, I don't see a single talk mm-hmm. about uh, having another book after that. Yeah. So maybe they decided, well, this isn't. Uh, Look at this. It has a 405 rating. I guess it's I, crazy. I thought it was fine. You know, I gave it three stars. Everybody I, I here okay. on Goodreads on their front page is just giving it four stars, five stars. Oh, get bent. Wow. All right. I'm getting off this page. I see. I knew it would upset you. It does. All right. So, <laughs> so I, I don't know really who I would recommend this to, cause I wouldn't recommend it to a Jurassic park fan. And I think for, but like, you made one read it. I, I just, listen, I, at one point I wanted to read this, yeah. but then I like kind of went through it. I'm like, Oh, I don't think I like the dialogue I'm seeing. Yeah. That was, that cursory glance was very correct on I my end. You're right. Well, so. I'm glad that we read it. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the other two Jurassic Park books, and I guess we can transition into that now, talking about some other dinosaur like, books. Dinosaur books we've read and enjoyed because mm-hmm. uh, because Jurassic Park was a book that for me just captivated me instantly. Like I'd never seen the books. I didn't know anything about Jurassic Park. Like I I read the books just totally blind. I hadn't seen the movies or anything. I just picked up the book and I loved it. Um, and I think it is like where where this book fails. I think that those books obviously are succeeding in in giving you these rich characters, giving you like a fuller narrative. And of course, you know it's the difference between writing for adults and writing for YA. But I still think um, I I don't know the the Crichton books are just so good. And I think the Lost World for me was my favorite of the two. Oh. And you don't agree with that? No, I just so reread those it. books recently, and I can tell you that the Lost World uh, does not hold up. Uh, dialogue-wise, okay. um, if you, depending on your, how your memory works with that thing, and Malcolm uh, is very obnoxious in it, and mm. not just like the funny obnoxious that he can be. He is just obnoxious to the reader. There's so many times where people are like, I, um, why are the dinosaurs doing this way? Well, it's quite obvious. Wow, just wait and see. Mm. It's just like that's what the whole book is, and it just. Uh, but Jurassic Park is still a pretty fun throw ride. A lot quicker than I remember it. But of course, then the first time I read it, it was in fifth grade. So just reading like big I've, words was hard for me. I've never reread them. Oh, well. But for some reason, The Lost World just like really did it for me. I, yeah, I, really I liked that. it a lot as a kid. But so where, how do you rate that now? I mean, Jurassic Park's the better book. I mean, I mean, like, would you do opinion. like five stars for Jurassic Park and what for Lost World? Probably five and four. Okay. Yeah. So it's still pretty strong then. Yeah, well, I mean, it's still a lot of fun at dinosaur action. Okay. Uh, maybe time will tell. We'll see what happens in another uh, five or ten years when I reread them. Have you read any of the other Jurassic Park? Like, I know there was there was a there was like a junior book series that came out around Jurassic Park three, 
Uh, and then there's also like a lot of graphic novels and that sort of thing. Have you ever really ventured outside? I didn't read or? any of the Jurassic Park 3 anything. Okay. Uh, since I wasn't thrilled by that. Uh, I read the Jurassic Park 1, the junior novelization. Okay. I read the Jurassic Park. They had this like paleontology guide okay. that came out with Jurassic Park where it was like, this is how you would dig up dinosaur bones, but also Anne Malcolm and uh, Alan Grant and Ellie Sattler are like giving you advice and stuff. I'm like, okay. this is fun. So is, is Evolution of Claire the first time you've read a new like Jurassic Park piece of fiction i guess interesting yeah i haven't read the comics just because uh i just haven't gotten them okay so the old one the old ones are so like out of print yeah they are marvel it's marvel yeah they just haven't like put them out all those like sequels are raptors attack and everything for a while it was tops the baseball company yeah 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 yeah. putting out jurassic park comics and those are impossible to find yeah but um i actually read the the junior novelization for Jurassic Park 3 because I just loved the first two books and I wanted more. I tried that and was severely yeah. let down. It's, yeah. it's just not a very good... Like, you know how I feel about novelizations. Sure do. And I can... You love them. I know. And I kind of give them a, a little bit of extra grace, but the Jurassic Park 3 novelization is just too cookie cutter and it, d- it just doesn't give you anything. It's not... It's not fun. Hey. Go ahead. No, I was just... It's just novelization of what movie? Jurassic Park. 3. All right, that yeah. makes sense. Okay. <laughs> All right, but so let's get out of let's get out of Jurassic Park for a little bit and talk about oh. some of the others. Now, I gave you you as can't a, get out of Jurassic Park. That's what's scary. I gave you as a present Raptor Red by Robert T. Backer. It's true. I haven't read it, but I remember as a kid I read like the first chapter and just had no idea what I was reading. Let's talk about it. Okay. Have you read it? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. But what is it? <laughs> it's just it's it's a story written. It's like the um, the bear or something where it's set during the Cretaceous period, and it's mm-hmm. about the Utah raptor, uh, because Jurassic Park's raptors are too big to actually be velociraptors, because those are much smaller, about the size of turkeys and whatnot. Okay. And so Utah raptors were discovered after the movie came out, and so like the joke was, uh, Spielberg created it, we discovered it. <laughs> um, and so uh, after they discovered the Utah raptors' like remains and everything, it was like, oh, there is a giant raptor. They... This, this guy wrote a book about it. I think it's Backer. Yeah, yeah, Robert yeah. T. Backer. Robert T. Backer. So, so there's no human characters. It's no, just all... it's just the life of a Utah raptor. Interesting. And how it lives its life. How would you sustain that? I, I mean, if you're a paleontologist, you're just doing everything okay. that you ever wanted to do. But I mean, do. it's supposed to be like a thriller, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, you're telling me being a raptor in the Cretaceous period isn't going to be a thrill you're ride right, every right. day? It is, it is thrilling. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't you tell us about one of the other uh, fiction books that you've read and enjoyed then? That had dinosaurs in them? Yeah, a dinosaur, a dinosaur-based uh, fiction. Animorphs Megamorphs 2, In the Time of Dinosaurs right. by K.A. Applegate. Okay. So the first Megamorphs, it's fine. The whole gist is that every book of the Animorphs is told by one character. Okay. So you have the first book is Jake and then... Uh, Rachel and Cass, and then it just keeps rotating. But Megamorphs was a was a bigger book, and the all the characters would have different uh, moments in it, telling mm-hmm. the story. So it was this big Megamorphs, mm-hmm. and the first one had them just dealing with this alien. It wasn't that great. Second one, they end up going back in time to the time of the dinosaurs. Whoa! And it it did everything you want. They they morph into dinosaurs. <laughs> Some of them morph into T Rexes, and nice. uh, there's also aliens okay. back then. Um. At one point, I think Rachel morphed into a grizzly bear, and that Deinonychus just <laughs> tore her up. Mm-hmm. So then they had to, you know, morph into the dinosaurs and stuff. Okay. So yeah, oh yeah, pretty good. Made made this guy super. Ha- but then, but then when they came back to the present, they couldn't morph into dinosaurs oh, anymore. Oh no! They're very sad. That's too bad. Megamorphs three was also well, very good. While we're talking about Alfangor uh, Secret, 
pretty good. Time travel again, <laughs> but time travel like through history. I so I I've talked about before how I just don't get the Magic Treehouse books. I don't understand like why people like them. I don't understand their purpose. Uh, so I read to my son Dinosaurs Before Dark, which is a Magic Treehouse book. Yeah, and I, I read this as a kid. It's terrible. As a kid, it did not hold my interest no, at all. No, it's this so was boring. Book one. It is book one. I read the first two, and then I was just like, this isn't for me. Yeah, I know. I'm done. I don't get it. I really don't get why they're so yeah. beloved, because they they sort of pretend to be informative, but I don't think mm-hmm. that they are, no. and they're not good stories. Yeah. And again, they suggest that children like break out of their house at night and yeah. run to like a creepy uh, treehouse, tree house yeah. on, not on their property, on someone else's property. Mm-hmm. It's like, don't tell kids to wait till their parents go to bed and then climb out of their house. It seems like something These I would do These kids are like five and six. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Anyway, so I read Dinosaurs Before Dark. I didn't like it. My son didn't like it. Okay. What else you got? Let's talk Dinosaur Lords. I re- okay, so... What's, you, the, what's the first book? In dinosaur it? Lords. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, all right. Dinosaur Lords. Dinosaur Lords. This, If you remember, this was back... W- I first picked this up way back when we first started this podcast. Yeah. Not, what, four years ago mm-hmm. or something. Like, when I first got here. Yeah. And you remember how excited I was? Because it do. was, like, supposed yeah. to be Game of Thrones, but with dinosaurs. Boy, was I disappointed. You were wrong. Yeah. I didn't finish it. Didn't like it. I read, like, maybe half of it. I was like, this is gross. So is there another dinosaur fiction novel that you, like, actually enjoyed? They're few and far between. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. It's it's rough. Movie wise, I mean, it's just Jurassic Park these days. Yeah, I mean, has been since you know ninety three. It feels like. I think that you should read the Great Zoo of China. Maybe I do have another. You you suggested to me that because you think it has a very Jurassic Park vibe. It does, and and that might bother you because it's so clearly. And I think they even name dropped Jurassic Park in there. I think they're like listen, it's this almost like Jurassic Park. Uh, you're That's okay fine. With that? yeah. You're okay with that? I mean, I totally ripped off Jurassic Park as a kid for one of my stories. Okay. Well, anyway, this book is called The Great Zoo of China. It's by Matthew Riley. And basically, uh, they find living, breathing dragons and try to set up a Jurassic Park-esque zoo. For dragons. Uh, for dragons. And, you know, things just don't go so great. Much like in Jurassic yeah. Park, you know, because you just can't control the, the mm-hmm. animals. I... I was pretty into this book. Like I was pretty like, okay, sure. You found, you found dragons. That's fine. Uh You know, I was kind of just like rolling with it. I think where it kind of goes off the rails is that they learn to communicate with them Mm. too much. Oh yeah. Too much. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, what do you want to do today? Dragon? I don't know. Maybe just fly around, you know, put my tail in a lake, (laughs) burn some stuff. Okay. So, you know, I think it's one that you got to kind of read knowing that, like, right. this is a goofy book, but, and they're dragons, not technically dinosaurs, but, sure. you know, where do you fall in the dragon dinosaur situation? I believe that all dinosaurs evolved into dragons, and then dragons went into space and are waiting for them to come back. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad that you believe that. <laughs> no. <laughs> what uh, I tend to like dragons because they remind me of dinosaurs. Okay. But I tend not to like the big dopey dragons. I like, oh, hi. Are you a fan of dinosaur comics by Ryan North? I tried. Yeah. I, you've always been... Uh, yeah, I'm a big, a I'm big a big proponent fan. for those, yes. and uh, I've never really clicked with those. Oh, but really? I know you love dinosaur comics. Dinosaur comics by Ryan North. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, it's basically you have a static image of dinosaurs. You have what? It's like a T Rex and a Uteraptor. Is that is that what it is? I don't know dinosaurs. Or just a velociraptor. Okay. Uh, and, and those pictures never change. It's yeah. just each time the, yeah. the, you know, the, the 
what is it called? The panels. Yeah, the panels. The the dialogue in the panels mm-hmm. are different. And they just crack me up. They just <laughs> slay me. I love yeah. them. They're so funny. Sometimes they acknowledge what's happening in the panels. Sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. It's often funnier when they don't. Right. Things are just happening. <laughs> Uh, so I love those. If you haven't read those, you could find those online still. And there are some uh, paperback mm. collections of that as well. Uh, I as, love those. As a kid, um, anytime Calvin and Hobbes did dinosaur comics, I was very happy. Okay. Uh, his Bill Watterson's art with the dinosaurs just got better and better over the years. Okay. It became, especially the Sunday comics where it was all color. They just looked great. I think he said after Jurassic Park kind of killed his desire to draw them anymore because it was just hard. But mm. any, anytime th- that happened, I was like, this is awesome. Nice. Um, so a book I haven't read, I, I wish I had thought about it, is uh, Carnosaur by Harry Adam Knight. And this book came out in 1986. And it's basically just a, uh, people call it like the B or sea level Jurassic Park. Oh. Uh, very similar, but, uh, and also kind of gorier. So I think they made a movie out of it after Jurassic Park came out. So I've been meaning to read it. I mean, it's only 200 pages. Who wrote this? Uh, Harry Adam Knight. Hmm. So that is definitely on my to read list. Uh, what other? I have some dinosaur books where they're like, they speak and can fly spaceships or something on my Ooh. Kindle. I just have never picked it up because, you know, maybe it's a bit too much for even myself. Um, let's see. It's too much because they drive spaceships. Yeah, I tend to just want my dinosaurs being Let dinosaurs. Them. All right. Well, I want you to read Carnosaur and report back. Um, the last one I'm going to mention here that's uh, it's more like a junior level, and that's Super Dinosaur by Robert Kirkman. Uh, this is a pretty fun series, and this is one that we have here in our collection. Um, I only read the first volume because that's all I have, and now we have it in the collection, so I need to go back and like four volumes, yeah, finish the rest of them. But uh, it is th- that first one is kind of like, yeah, this is fine, and it ends on a really good like what? Mm-hmm. So that's super fun. There's several that my son likes. Um, he loves dinosaur. Never touch a dinosaur by Rosie Greening. It's those are all like textured pages. It's all like now you don't want to touch those spikes, you know? right? So that oh one, yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah, that one's oh, it's right here. It's right here. Ah uh, yes, yeah. I've uh, I've had fun with that. Yeah, have you? Uh, kids books wise, I love me the what the dinosaurs did last night. Oh and What yes. the dinosaurs did at school. Yep. So funny. Yep. Uh, they just because it's just little dinosaur toys, and but they're like the happiest, most expressive dinosaur toys you've ever seen, yeah. and like you just put them in the right positions in the right background. It's hilarious. But I think I think the only complaint that I have about that book is I think the pictures stand alone. I don't think you need the story. Yeah, I think the story waters. The, it down the pictures a are so funny. They are really. Funny. Oh my gosh, especially the one where they go to school and they're like in the science lab. They've got this just tiny little dinosaur toys with big goggles. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Kills yeah. me. I yeah, love it. It's well done. Uh, my uh, kids are going to be reading that I'm sure. for the rest of their I lives mean, we whenever can't, I have we kids. We can't bite. skip Danny and the Dinosaur. Right. I mean, oh, was, hey. I love you know why we dinosaur. can't skip Danny and the Dinosaur? Why? Pretty sure that's like the first book I ever read all by myself. Really? Yeah. Danny and the Dinosaur. Yeah. It was an I Can Read book that, yeah, it is. Um, yeah. that I had. And I was like, oh, I can. I think because it just had a dinosaur, I just kept reading it yeah. and reading it. Listen, there are so many dinosaur picture books that I read as a kid, mainly because first time we ever went to the library i'm pretty sure it might have been like i don't know when my first interaction with dinosaurs was uh but it was very early on and the first time we ever went to a library it was a dinosaur themed visit for me just got all the dinosaur books but like there was the picture books where it was a snow day and so the kid went out and uh, everything looked like a dinosaur but it was really just like a car covered in snow oh yeah yeah what is that i can't remember it is oh i remember that book there's a whole and but there's all these other like great dinosaur picture books that I just loved as a kid. Um, 
but yeah, Danny and the Dinosaur was was a good one. Well, it's such a it's just such a nice, pleasant book, you know, about a kid yeah. just having a nice time. With the they're really fun to read. My son loves those mm-hmm. as well. Um, there's a couple other picture books that he likes. Yeah. Well, Mercer Mayer's The Lost Dinosaur Bone is a fun one. Mm. They're in a museum. Okay. You know, the the dinosaur bone goes missing and they're looking all over for it. Yeah, I have a really cool dinosaur pop-up book that oh, I yeah. found that uh, the first time I actually showed your son, mm-hmm. he was probably too young because when the T-Rex <laughs> popped out, I saw a visible... Uh, he, he went he, he went backwards. He <laughs> definitely had a surprise. I don't think it was a slow pop up, but he was still like, yeah, because the T-Rex is huge. Just yeah. Out. You know, there's another one that's, uh, that's mm-hmm. in the Goodreads Choice Awards right now. Mm. That's uh, it's by Mac Barnett. And it's and it's basically a goofy thing like kids mm-hmm. asking questions and the parents coming up with uh, yeah. goofy answers. And it's uh, just because it's called just because. Oh, OK. And one of them is about what happened to the dinosaurs. And there's one dinosaur page. He loves the book, but there's a dinosaur page where a T-Rex is like roaring and he's got these really small eyes. And every mm-hmm. time I turn to that page, my son puts his hand over it and he's like, no, I'm yeah, not looking at that. Skip that page. That's Dad. too scary. Uh, but yeah, that's uh that, that's what that one freaks him out. Uh, a couple of years ago, I read the Tyrannosaur Chronicles, the biology of the tyrant dinosaurs mm-hmm. by David Hone, uh, which I really liked because it kind of, you know, is rem- this the one that you were getting, you were putting yourself to sleep reading at night? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was a nice read. Yeah. I, I just read about like what dinosaur what T Rexes probably ate, which dinosaurs were there probably their prey and which ones they probably ignored. Yeah. And then I would fall asleep thinking about it. Thinking how sweet it would be to go back in time and oh. just hang out with dinosaurs. That's cute. Uh shut up. It's not cute. It is a little cute. Uh, I was also reading the rise and fall of dinosaurs, but it was spending a lot of time too much time on like the people and their adventures discovering the dinosaur bones. Okay. I'm like, stop talking. Just tell me what dinosaurs ate right. and what ate them. Yeah, you don't want to hear um, about But I'm going to ha- go back to it. I also want to read Dinosaurs Without Bones, Dinosaur Lives uh, Revealed by Their Trace Fossils. And there's also a new one that we just got called The Story of Dinosaurs and 25 Discoveries, mm. which are about 25 discoveries that have changed our thoughts about dinosaurs. That's fun. Yeah. There's one that I have to bring up, even though it's a sore spot between us. Do you know which one I mean? Mm. Dinosaur Rumpus. Oh, yeah. Eric bought my son a book called Dinosaur Rumpus by Tony Mitten. I despise this book. Mm-hmm. It's about dinosaurs getting together to have a dance party. Right. And it is just the most unpleasant book to read aloud. <laughs> like, it's kind of funny. It's fun, like, dinosaurs getting together to dance. But there's something about the way that it's written that I just, anytime he asks for it, I'm like, oh. All well, at right. least he's asking for it. That makes yeah, me he happy. Does ask for Listen, it sometimes. I yeah. actually think I bought this book thinking it was another book that I can't remember. That's what you said. That's yeah. what you said before. You know what? It might be called the Dinosaur Stomp. Oh no, that's a thing. I don't know. Uh, stomp, Dinosaur Stomp. Oh, here it is. Saturday night at the Dinosaur Stomp. Well, that sounds fun. That by Carol Diggory Shields, illustrated by Scott Nash. That's what I meant to buy for your son. Mm. And I, and I bought the wrong book. Yeah, that would have been Saturday better. Saturday, the dinosaur stomp. Lots of fun. Mm-hmm. That so. sounds fun. Yeah. That sounds fun. My son loves Dinosaur Train on PBS. Oh, sure. That's where... Like, oh, yeah. All right. No. You, you don't like it? No. <laughs> Go okay. on, though. That's a pterodactyls adopted yeah. baby T-Rex. Mm-hmm. You're not a fan? I mean, it's very young. Yeah, it is. It's true. Well, he's a child. <laughs> and they're so. on a stupid train. They're on a train. <laughs> I just like it because they're like, what do kids like? Trains? What else? They like dinosaurs. <laughs> dinosaur Train. There yeah, you go. There's, there's the series Bible. Uh, I guess we'd be slightly remiss of also mentioning Michael Crichton's uh, other book, the book that he never meant to ever put out, right. uh, Dragon Pirates Teeth. Latitude. Oh, no, uh, okay. Dragon Teeth. Okay, Dragon Teeth. Which was the story of the Bone Wars. Yeah. Oh, well, there's another one I read. I read uh, Every Hidden Thing by, oh, it's Opal. What's his first name? How would I know that? Okay. 
Um, so every hidden thing was a YA book about the dinosaur wars. Okay. Uh, and the dinosaur wars would be. Uh, when the T-Rex is declared war on Europe. Oh, yeah, I remember that now. <laughs> I remember that now. No, so it's the Bone Wars is what mm-hmm. they're called. Okay. Um, so the Bone Wars were, were these two scientists were basically competing for years trying to discover uh, different dinosaurs and more dinosaur bones. And it actually, like, helped a bunch of people. It helped the discovery of, like, hundreds of dinosaur species. It was huge. But they also were, like, super bitter and contemptuous about each other and would sabotage each other's digs, destroy bones. They would uh, lie and cheat and ruin, uh, slander each other. It was just, like, they were out to destroy one another. And every hidden thing makes it about one of their sons and one of their daughter falling in love and discovering the T-Rex. So it's a uh, that uh, it's that wasn't the best book in the world. I gave it three stars. It's by okay. Kenneth Opal. So yeah, every hidden thing that was a pretty good YA one. I enjoyed that one more than uh, Evolution of Claire. This is gonna surprise you here that I've never tried to get you to read this with me. But there is a Star Trek book called Star Trek First Frontier what? where they set down on a planet, but and it's ruled by dinosaurs. What? Yeah, and you've. In all the years we've known each other, you never meant you I, never thought to mention this. I know, I know, <laughs> but now I feel like we mm-hmm. have to uh, we have to okay read this together. Right. So, do you want to commit on air to reading First Frontier? Start. I don't commit on air anymore. Yeah, that's probably for the best. <laughs> I've tricked you so many times. <laughs> I gotta get commit you I'm to ba- at this read. point. I'm basically Rumpelstiltskin. The prob <laughs> the problem. <laughs> <laughs> the problem with getting me to do that uh-huh. is that I'll do it. I'm game. <laughs> so it's yeah. less fun. Yeah. But First Frontier is written by Diane Carey, who's a regular Star Trek mm-hmm. uh, writer. But it's the co-author is a Dr. James L. Kirkland. And I wonder if he's some sort of like paleontologist or something because it mm-hmm. says he is. Yeah. It's written by Diane Carey and James L. Kirkland, an American par- paleontologist and geologist. Worked with dinosaur remains from the southwest United States of America, New Mexico, and discovering new and important uh, dinosaur g- bones. Genaria? What is that? That's the different species. Okay. Well, anyway, so right there, you've mm-hmm. got a dinosaur paleontologist mm-hmm. writing this. Sorry, I said dinosaur paleontologist. That's okay. All right. So you want to read First Frontier with me? We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. <laughs> All right. What's your um, favorite dinosaur? Stegosaurus. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I asked Nick that a few years ago, and he just had no clue. So I had to work him. I had to choose. I had uh, to yeah. have one because this question comes up a lot, and yeah. I need an answer. It was. I don't boring. know if you saw me pause and panic as yeah. I tried to think about. You had to, you had to describe to me the dinosaur, and I had yeah. to work with you to figure yeah. out which one it was. It was a learning experience for both. Stegosaurus. Of us. Yeah. If you read First Frontier with me, you know, maybe I could have just told you. He's like, yeah, that's yeah, a. That's a yeah. Yeah. There was a splice, not splicers, no sliders. There was yeah. a sliders episode where they went to a dinosaur planet. Mm-hmm. That's, That's fun. It. Stegosaurus was I'll there. I watch sliders. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you ever watch Supernova? S- Terra Nova. No. I watched. Oh yes, I watched, I like, watched the pilot, and I was like, no. Forty-five minutes of the pilot and turned it off yeah. before a single so, dinosaur showed you up. You and the rest of America. <laughs> so. Uh, all right. Well, outside of Jurassic Park, if you had to recommend a dinosaur book to the people out there, Son of a gun. what do you think it would be? Oh, outside of Jurassic Park? Yeah. I wish I had read Carnosaurus before this. Well, you haven't. Well then. I'm going to suggest... Oh, you're going to love this. Okay. No, you're not. Oh. And just give me a second. In one All break. right. One second. Everybody relax. Where do we have to be, right? Uh, the Illustrated Encyclopedia of Dinosaurs, the ultimate reference to 
to 355 dinosaurs from Triassic, Jurassic, and Cretaceous periods, including more than 900 watercolors, maps, timelines, and photographs. So I take it this is nonfiction. By Dougal Dixon. Okay. Yeah. That's one I have in my own house. Okay. So because after you read this, you'll be like, I got to got to check out Jurassic Park. I guess so. Yeah. So no, uh, yeah, I don't know fiction-wise, uh, because I hated Dinosaur Lords. So th- yeah. Those those were pretty popular here for a while. Yeah, they were. Yeah, we so, we ended up getting all of them because people kept checking them out. But I I like yeah. I, I stopped reading once they were like, and then the dinosaurs began to fart a lot. Boy, did they fart! It's like Is cool. That true. Yeah, there's just a lot of dinosaur wow. farting. I really thought that was a bad joke. But no. Not. Okay. All right. Well, I guess I would say read Great Zoo of China because it's. Mm. It's kind of a it's kind of a goofy book, but in a in a fun way. I think mm-hmm. you know if you can understand that it's it's exciting and fun and just a skosh dumb. I think that's really the book for you. Yeah. So there was a uh, there was a book I remember as a kid. I cannot remember the name of it. Where it was like something Valley, and people are like, "You better watch out, Jurassic Park. This book's coming from <laughs> you." And, but it was basically Very just bold. like discovering. Dinosaur- Very bold. Yeah, no dinosaurs in it. We didn't talk at all about Dinotopia. Oh yeah. Uh, I like. I read something. Yeah. I cannot remember. The picture book. Okay. But I, I've never understood how those series works because they're just like art books. It is confusing. But they're also chapter books. Right. And I never know which one to read first. I don't either. And there was shows. There was like a yeah. movie oh, and then shows. Gosh, the, sh- the pilot, the show was terrible. The miniseries. I Hated it. Those. Hated All right. it. All right. Who was that? I'm going to look that up. <sighs> Eric Von Detten's in it, like from The Princess Diaries. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our dinosaur spotlight. Lots of programs left this month. Uh, have we showed Scooby Doo yet? Yeah, we just showed Scooby Doo and the Phanosaur over the weekend. Phanosaurs. So uh, too late for that. But stop in, check out things we have going on over in the picture book room and some cool dinosaur displays we have throughout the library. And looking at library news, we're currently finishing up Little Women by Louisa May Alcott. And then we're starting The Twelve Clues of Christmas by Reese Bowen. Uh, which is, I like this series. I've only read one of the other books, but I liked that first book. So I think this will be a fun, cozy Christmas read. We've got the Nutcracker coming back. We've got the Endover Ecumenical Choir coming to do their Advent concert. So a lot of fun Christmassy things going on at the library. Anything you want to mention? series was canceled because of uh, only six of 13 episodes of Downatopia aired. Mm-hmm. Oh. I remember that. Yeah. Yep. Anything library news you want to mention? Yes, obviously. Right. I want to talk about Dora the Explorer yeah. and the Lost City of Gold. Uh, that we're showing uh, December 6th at 4.30 in the auditorium. So if you're super excited for Dora and the Lost City of Gold, where she has to find her parents who have committed crimes and treason against the country. Uh, Is that really what it's about? No, I think. Oh, okay. I think, But her parents do I go. I believed you. I fully <laughs> believed you. So Her parents get lost, and so she has to find them, which is the City of Gold. I'm, so. Okay, I know I joked about this before, but is this a Tomb Raider movie? No. Okay. Well, it could be. Maybe right. it's like the yeah, prequel. We don't know. We don't know. So. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week, Eric. Thank you for sharing your dinosaur knowledge with us. Thanks to our listeners. What are we doing next week? You got any plans? No. It's almost Christmas time. That's we get, true. We're gonna. We're gonna have to read that stupid horse christmas yes, book that you right. got me we, that's right we've got our christmas book club coming up yeah. a special guest bo hutchings yeah uh probably a couple of christmas episodes coming down the yeah. pike so take a look for that take a look out for some wait interviews. a second that christmas wreath sure looks like a horseshoe oh yeah that sounds good that's the twist that sounds good all right i think it's gonna do it for this week we'll Woo. see you next time